Best comment I ever got after I went off yesterday about the James Harden deal is tell us how you really feel. Somehow my wonderful executive producer Desmond Johnson got a hold to that and gave me a homework assignment. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the fabulous, fantastic football Friday edition of Snowman in the Morning. There's going to be some football talk. Believe me, I have um, Errol Marks scheduled to join me. Mike DeBate will join me. That has been confirmed. And we are brought to you by Beamer Tire and Auto. Beamer Tire and Auto. Try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. So... My, my EP, Desmond Johnson, host of The Rundown, which is a fabulous show, on for those of you listening via Tobacco Road Sports Radio, put together a few questions for me. In case y'all didn't catch all my answers yesterday, but I'm going to have fun with this like I always do, and uh, Desmond does a fabulous job of helping to put the show together. Now then. We're going to go question by question, point by point, so I can pick on Desmond and pick on Nets fans in pure fun and have a little fun with this. First question is, was Snowman wrong about the Nets? I'm going to let that question marinate for a little bit. I'm going to let that question marinate for a little bit. I'm going to let that question marinate for about a week. Why? Because... I gave an opinion, and it's a very strong one, and I'm waiting to see how that pans out, good or bad. So we can scratch that question off the list. I'm going to wait to answer that one. My unpopular opinion earlier in the week dealt with the Nets not making the playoffs. Has that tune changed since the blockbuster deal that sent James Harden to the Nets? Hell no. Listen, it. I, I listened to um, Carton and Roberts on uh, WFAN in New York, and Evan Roberts, <laughs> I love Evan Roberts. He was part of uh, Joe and Evan, and now Craig Carton is back. Congratulations, Craig. Evan described it so flawlessly. Dribble, 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 fat, 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 dribble, 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 no defense, no defense, no defense, dribble, 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 shoots, oh, he's fouled, he's going to the line. By pure unadulterated default, you would think the Nets would be championship contenders, but... The problem is with the disappearing act of one Kyrie Irving where we still don't know where the hell he is. Listen, folks, he's healthy. Okay? Kyrie Irving is healthy. He's just not playing. More to the point, he just doesn't want to play. I talked with a friend of mine earlier this week about um, Kyrie and... I can understand where the problems or situations off the court would happen, but this is your job, Kyrie. This is what you are being paid millions of dollars for, and you have not 
sir, played half the games you have been scheduled to play. You just haven't. I don't think Kyrie has it in him to live out the length of this contract. The Nets gave Kyrie Irving a four-year deal, and now we're wondering why. And that same friend that I talked to about this is now on the hotline with me. His name is Cravante Hurd. He's appearing via the Beamer Tire and Auto hotline to talk about this mess in Brooklyn. And y'all know I love starting off my show with callers like this. What's up, Cravante? What's going on? Ah, B-Snow, B-Snow, what's going on, man? Thank you for having me on. Okay, I am going to say this just as calm, as cool, and as collected as I can ask a question of this magnitude. And that question is, what the hell is going on in Brooklyn? Uh... (laughs) It, it 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 looks like a dumpster. It looks like a dumpster fire. Um, it kind of Bro- Brooklyn actually kind of looks like America right now. I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just looking real crazy at the top. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of questions we asking a lot of whys mm-hmm. and, yep. and 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 a prominent and there's some and there's some prominent people in both situations who are royally messing up. <laughs> yeah, like royally, arguably historically, they are historic. Let's just say it right. They are historically pissed off at this yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, the the questions come. The questions are coming up. I said earlier in the week, and you tuned in, and you shot me a message about this. Am I changing my mind about my feeling about the Nets? No, I'm not. My unpopular opinion early in the week dealt with them not making the playoffs. I'm not backing off of that because as a, as a lot of people, oh, let me let me change that statement. A few people, you included, have noticed. Um, yeah, Kyrie Irving with him walking away from the team has thrown that whole organization under the bus. And no one seems to want to point that out. Mm. And, okay, so, uh, uh, so again, <laughs> again, America, <laughs> right? The guy who is the guy who has you know the power and lead way to do whatever he wants to do, and nobody's making him take responsibility or accountability for what's going on. Amen to that. Again, again, I keep, I keep referencing America because it's literally, (laughs) literally what's going on. And now, you know, he gets to, and now I I hear reports that he, he um, is furious at what's going on and what's going on in Brooklyn. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) <laughs> Brooklyn should be serious. Like, are, are you serious? Oh, 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 oh now, oh, oh, now, oh, like, like, oh, like, oh, 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 you can, you can find a way to be seen and be heard when we doing something you don't like, but you can just up and leave whenever you feel like it. 
and don't give us no real rhyme or reason no. for why. No. Like, that, it, it don't no. work like that. It, it, it does not work like that. Come on, bro. There still, still has to be a level of professionalism mm-hmm. and respect. Yeah, you know I mean, we talked and about this off the air, and I yeah. want a lot of people to understand when Cravante and I talk hoops, it's a real extended <laughs> conversation. And my EP told me I had to keep all my segments to 15 to 18 minutes, which is why I can't have them on because we're often rolling off the rails <laughs> as soon as we get started. Yeah, that's it. So I, no one wants to talk about the fact that Kyrie Irving's disappearing act has thrown the Nets under the bus. No one wants to talk about the fact that Kyrie Irving somehow in the midst of his absence signed off on this deal which I'm willing to bet all parties did not. And no one wants to talk about the fact that there are not enough shots. There are not enough possessions. There are not enough offensive schemes to satisfy three good players. Golden State Mm -hmm. was able to pull it off because they run a motion offense. You want to talk about an offense that will come to a Stand still. This is it. And back to the point that I was going to make, we talked about this off the air. There has to be a line drawn in the sand by the Brooklyn Nets. And from the way this looks, they haven't drawn one. Um, I, I think it's uh, I think it's interesting because they, in a weird way, is they drawn something in the sand. I don't know what. I don't know <laughs> if it's that line that we're looking for. They've drawn something. <laughs> They've drawn something in the in but the sand, and I completely what? agree. And I, but but I agree. I agree with you that there's no way Kyrie would sign up on this. Like 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 I was saying the last time we talked, he had a problem when he's with with. He, when he's with somebody that's better than him, mm-hmm. it, it, it becomes a problem. So, so somehow, way, it becomes a problem. And it seemed as though the relationship between him and KD was, you know, was fine. And I don't know, maybe Kyrie is going off the rails. But there's no way that you're telling me somebody who doesn't even want to be in second place would drop down to third. That that That's not a thing. That's that. Look, I'm. I'm going to make a comparison that's going to anger a lot of people before I say that. Cravante heard of the Flex Zone. I think it's the Flex Zone 1 is where you can find him on social media. Um, every Monday night you can catch this show. It's very, it's a fabulous show. I've had the pleasure of being on it. Now, with everything, with you can't tell me Kyrie signed off on this deal. I, I, I just don't buy it. That's part one. Part two, being dropped to third in the scoring rotation. Kyrie Irving is not Klay Thompson. And Klay Thompson's a different kind of cat, as you often say, for two reasons. One, Klay Thompson just wants to win. And two, Klay Thompson, unlike Kyrie Irving, is having fun playing with the team that he's with. Okay? There are two big differences here. There are two humongous, tremendous differences here. Okay, and right now, I don't, I can't see it. 
I can't see the Brooklyn Nets making a dent in the playoffs, let alone getting to the playoffs. I'm standing by my words. No, and, and that's and that's fair. Um uh we we all need to be more well, I think a lot of people probably need to be more like you and staying next to what they say <laughs> from one point to the next. Yep. <laughs> and whether you know what well and that's and that, and that's what I, and that's uh, whether you're sinking or swimming. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to be all all rah 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 when you're swimming, but when you're sinking it's not it's usually not too much to be said, but it's like I well, I'm gonna go down. I'll go down with this one. Yep. And in I my, went down in, in 2016. I went down yeah, we all did. bubbles we all up exactly. in, exactly. two, in, that, in 2016. I went feet first, head up, bubbles up in 2016, but I didn't back away from it. I ain't backing away from this. How no, can no, you tell me? How can you tell me with these three players, two of the three that are ball dominant and the other one's Kevin Durant, that they're going to make a dent in the Eastern Conference. As far as I'm concerned, it's either the Bucks or the Celtics. I don't trust Philadelphia. I sure as hell don't trust Brooklyn after this deal. I just don't see it. Yeah, um, I, well, you know, Philadelphia is not to be trusted. Let me just throw that. Let me just throw that out there. Um, and, I, and honestly, in any sport, <laughs> Philadelphia is not to be trusted. Amen but, to that. Um, <laughs> and you know, and we could jump from sport to sport with with, with that. Obviously, seeing what happened with the Eagles, yeah. But obviously, but the Sixers, but the Sixers are not absolutely not to be trusted. Nope. Um. Uh. Now, as far as Brooklyn, I do think because the East is not a dominant um, conference, they will find a way in. I think they will. Now, as far as making a dent, I. I think the issue that they're going to have, uh, which is pretty clear, is that there's not enough basketball to go around. That's what's going to mess them up in the playoffs. I don't and, think that's and, going to mess with them. And, they'll and they'll find a way Nash, to win games. And, and Steve his, Nash is going to go crazy. His head is going to fall off. His head is going to fall off. <laughs> his head is absolutely going to fall off. Can Can I borrow a phrase that you use on this on 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 your show? If the Nets get in the playoffs, A, I'll get in front of this microphone and admit that I'm wrong, and I'm probably going to be. But B, I'll say, to use my buddy Cravante's words, they're going to get pimp slapped in the first round. (laughs) They for sure. They for sure. And it may not be. They may have a favorable matchup in the first round. But with the team that that this type of soft power is going to be the championship or bust. Yep. And as far as making a a legit addition, because this team, if this team does not make the Eastern Conference Finals, there's a problem. You know, then Steve Marks's ass as well as his legacy is on the line. It's on the line now when he made this deal. Good lord. honestly, Honestly, it's not even fair to him. No, <laughs> I, know fair fair. I, I know it's not fair. I know, I know it's not fair to him. But, I, I know you want to get through this pandemic season. I know you want the Nets to compete, but finish your thought, please, because I, I've run out of words. Finish my finish the thought, please. I think, <laughs> I think uh, it's it, it's it's unfortunate that this is his um, first year as being a, a head coach in the NBA, but. He's going to feel probably similar, 
similar, similarly to how Tyron Lue felt <laughs> while LeBron while while in Cleveland. I think he's going to feel very similar that because it's it's an extreme amount of pressure yep. when you're dealing with superstars yep. and and Lou only had to deal with two really because yep. Kevin, Kevin, like, Kevin Love because Kevin Love he kind of fell off once he went from being number one in Minnesota to number three in Cleveland mm-hmm. his stardom fell off so I would say Tyloo did with two legit superstars and another all star yep. I guess I could say yep but Steve Nash is dealing with three superstar yes you know what i'm saying and trying to figure it out trying to figure out how much eat, how much everybody eats dealing with minutes managing their time and their minutes and you know managing them and that and that's during in the game and for the season you know what i'm saying that's very difficult like i don't think managing it, it, managing is one of those things we overlook um in coaching as far as time yes that i, I feel like we we overlook that we just think, oh, certain, they have certain players, figure it out. But it's so much more to that because you're managing people, you're managing personalities, you're managing egos, you're managing time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and we usually don't bring that up. When we, and that's in any sport, not just basketball. That's, uh, yeah, that, that's that, any sport. That, yes, absolutely. That's, that's any sport that you're dealing with. And I think this is – like he's – I've never seen a coach be so tested – there's going to be some testing in year one. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, out, it, it the gate, out the out gate. Out the gate. Man. I out mean, the gate. I think. And, Durant and, and Irving Vogel. is one. And, and Durant and Irving Vogel. is one thing. Durant and Irving is yeah. one thing. But now sure. you add James Harden to the mix. I mean, we just barely got past Christmas. And, come, come, and you're, you're adding James Harden. Coming from where he came from, yes, in the situation he came from, you know what I'm saying. Pretty much, all three of the superstars came from rough situations. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you know, KD coming off of injury, we got yep. he's at mentally. He looks good now, but it, we have we still have to figure it out long term. Kyrie's coming from uh, a trash situation that happened in this, in Boston due to him, due, yeah, due to his own doing. right, and he's still having the same, pretty much the same attitude. And obviously, what happened recently with James Harden and him basically, basically him, Carmelo Anthony, to the situation out of Houston. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's him about how it is. That's about how it is. Him looking fat, him looking fat and out of shape and just not caring. So, you know, just it's, it's not a lot. Caring, at, not caring at all, and we're over time. So let let me go to a break. Ravante heard of the Flex Zone joining me here to kick off the morning show, and I'll get you on. But we have to stick to guidelines. All right, we'll we'll have an unfiltered yeah. conversation here very soon. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate the time. Thanks, man. Anytime, man. <laughs> Quickly, I will go to a break. We're presented by Beamer Tire and Auto. Headlines are next. Back after this. So, according to a lot of people that think they know me and what my takes are, I have had a stupid take all off season saying that Eric Bieniemy and Robert Sala should stay put and not chance it with the teams that have coaching vacancies available. Yeah, 
How's that working out for you guys? Mike Debate now joins me as we get ready to close up shop for the week and we deliver our divisional picks. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning, Brian. Always a pleasure to join you here to close out the week in style. Divisional round, a lot of NFL news. Let's get to it, my friend. Let's get to it. Urban Meyer is now in Jacksonville. Why? <laughs> That's the million-dollar question right now. Everybody wants to know why Urban would make the move now, having sat out essentially a few years and really had some issues, you know, health-wise and whatnot, leaving the college game, being very successful there. We've seen so many great college coaches go to the pro level and not be able to have that same success. Look, mm-hmm. Urban Meyer has a tremendous amount of pedigree coming with him. There's no question about it. For the Jaguars, they wanted to make a big-name signing. They wanted to bring in somebody that was going to not only make headlines, but also give them that cachet, that appeal that will allow free agents and players via trade to want to come to Jacksonville, right. possibly to play alongside Trevor Lawrence, or if Urban decides to go against the grain, Maybe Justin Fields takes the quarterback position there. There's going to be a lot of options and a lot of things that they can do. Ultimately, Urban's going to have to surround himself with a proper coaching staff. He's going to have to have a mixture of college coaches and pro coaches. He needs someone there that's going to be able to help him with the pro game. Because if he doesn't, it's going to end up being too much like college. And we've seen too many pro coaches that have ascended to that level that were good in college. Again, not so great in the pros have difficulties. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting move for Jacksonville, but this has the potential of being as bad a move as it appears to be right now mm-hmm. as good a move. I really think that there's uh, the jury is still out on this one, and I, for one, am not convinced this, put Jack- this puts Jacksonville over the top. I'm not convinced either, because you wouldn't think that a fellow like Urban Meyer, who's had a lot of success at Ohio State, would be able to translate that pedigree into into NFL success. And one of the examples that come to mind is Nick Saban. He tried it with the Dolphins. It didn't work. He went back to Alabama. We saw what happens. The only one of the only coaches that I can think of that has had success at both the college and the NFL level, here I go honoring one of my favorites of all time, is Bill Walsh. When he did it at Stanford and of course his pedigree with the 49ers. Absolutely. Very few coaches reach that rarefied air where they'll be able to reach a national championship level and then go to the pros and win. Bill Walsh, obviously, at the top of that list. A lot of people may want to throw Pete Carroll into that list. I guess I can understand that. The uh, the success he had at USC, then coming into Seattle, winning a Super Bowl, it's not easy to do, and i got to give credit where credit is due to Pete on that. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I don't put him at the level of Bill Walsh, but I do give him credit for being able to succeed at both levels, but it's extremely rare. You mentioned Nick Saban. Arguably, might go down as the best college coach of all time at least in the last 20-25 years Mm -hmm. you look at the success that he's had it's hard to argue with it whether you love Nick Saban or whether you hate him you have to give him credit for what he's done but he was very mediocre in the uh in the pros and that's something that could weigh on a guy like Urban Meyer so it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table in Jacksonville again I think he's going to bring a couple of college coaches with him but he's going to have to stock that coaching staff with NFL-ready minds, guys that know how to manage these types of players, and guys that know the pro game very well. Let's move to a couple of coordinators that I have the ultimate respect and love for. Robert Sala, defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
it is it, it it's the populace that is saying they both will get job offers. I don't think so. I don't think neither of them wants to leave wants to leave their spot. The enemy because he already has all the materials and the players that he needs in Kansas City. Robert Sala unfinished business with the 49ers. Your thoughts? I agree with you on both counts. First of all, we're seeing Eric Bieniemy kind of, and I don't want to say this negatively, but we're seeing him almost passed over in a lot of options uh, for head coaching positions, being brought back in for second-round interviews. Eric will definitely get his interviews, and there's no question about it. He mm-hmm. deserves that. Yeah. But I think maybe you're onto something when teams might be seeing, not that he's not qualified, he's certainly one of the more qualified candidates out there, if not maybe the top qualified candidate out there for a head coaching position. But I think a lot of teams are catching on to the fact that he's very happy where he is. For years, I saw that with Josh McDaniels up here in New England. Yep. A lot of people were wondering why he hadn't been hired away. Uh, of course, you know, the stuff that he pulled in Indianapolis mm-hmm. definitely didn't help his <laughs> stock along with it. No. And I'm not going to shy away from that. But there also was a vibe that he gave off for a number of years that he was very happy and very content riding the coattails of Tom Brady up here in New England and Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. When you're in a situation like Eric Bieniemy right now, who's coaching arguably the greatest quarterback in the game right now, and Patrick Mahomes, alongside a great head coach like Andy Reid, it's hard to leave that situation and be able to, uh, to you know, to shun it aside, especially when you know that you might have multiple years of success down the line in the pipeline in Kansas City. That's a tough situation to leave. As for Sala, I think there is unfinished business in San Francisco. I think he realizes that with a healthy and full season with George Kittle, with a strong running game like they had a couple of years ago, with a healthy and motivated Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. And folks, as much as it pains me to say it, you know I'd love to see him back wearing the red, white, and blue in New England. I don't think it's happening. I think he's staying in San Francisco. I think he should stay in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And bottom line, at the end of the day, I think that type of offense that's going to go along with Robert Sala being able to coach and coordinate a tremendous defense out in uh, uh, in San Francisco gives him at least one more option and say, you know what, I really owe it to myself to stay in the Bay Area and see what this team can do when it's fully stocked. So, yeah, I agree with you on both counts. I think both of these guys are really smart to stay where they are. They would be smart to stay where they are. Whether or not that happens is still up to, uh, uh, for grabs at this point. But my money would say that Salah stays in San Francisco and by enemy stays in Kansas City. And that's where my and that's where my money is going. Is a lot of unfinished business in San Francisco. This year they were littered with injuries. They lost their all-pro quarterback. And yes, I said it, all-pro quarterback. And a lot of people think, oh, because Garoppolo was injured. And here I go on this soapbox again. But if you think about it, folks, there's a lot of cretins to this. Garoppolo has a lot of unfinished business as well. We saw what he can do last year when healthy, and I will knock on this point again. And you agree with me, Mike. He took virtually every snap for San Francisco in 2019. This year, not so much because he was banged up. He was simply banged up. And if you allow a team that's banged up at San Francisco time to heal, give them a regular OTA offseason and a regular offseason they're going to be the class of the nfc for a couple of years to come so not only do i think garoppolo is not leaving i believe garoppolo is going to be extended i believe he will too and look i think it would be smart of san francisco to do it again brian i told you i've seen this kid and what he can do in practice 
seen what he can do here in New England, covered Jimmy a couple of years while he was playing here, and then watching him ascend to uh, the levels that he reached in San Francisco only solidified what I knew about this kid. He's got the work ethic. He's got the talent. He hasn't had the health to be able to do it. That's been the biggest question about Jimmy Garoppolo is durability. I think he has durability. He's a tough kid. The problem is, is he's had some terrible luck when it comes to health, and yeah. that, unfortunately, is something that a lot of players cannot control. If he's healthy and if he's able to give it a full run for a full 16, 17 games, whatever we're going to get in 2021, this is going to be a dangerous team because San Francisco is going to restock. They're going to reevaluate that running back position. They're going to continue to be strong there. They have the best tight end in the game, and they have one of the best defenses around when it's healthy. This is a very good team, and I think with the right pieces here and there, they're going to be right back in contention for a, uh, for a conference title next a- year. Absolutely. They're going to be right back in contention next year. And, of course, we're going to keep our eye on the draft for all the teams, but especially paying attention to San Francisco and which way they go. I got a couple of thoughts, but I'm going to save them. Now to the business in hand and the reason why we're doing this. Let's get to some picks, and we're going to start with Saturday's game with the Rams at the Packers at Lambeau Field. It's a 435 kickoff. The Packers are favored by seven with the potential MVP in Aaron Rodgers. I congratulate the Rams for beating Seattle, but let's just be real. There's no way in hell I think they're going to go to Green Bay and stop Aaron Rodgers. Give me the Packers and I'm laying all seven. Yeah, give me the Packers and I'm laying all seven too. Look, Aaron Rodgers is playing some of his best football of his career this year. Uh, The Rams are going to be going with either Jared Goff, possibly going with John Walford. It depends on who's going to be able to be healthy and take snaps under center for the Rams. But look, there are reasons to believe that the Rams can make this a game. They have the superior defense, bottom line. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the Rams right now, I don't believe, are going to be able to contain Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones as well, who needs a solid performance this week. I think they're going to get it from him. He's in a contract year. He's going to move toward free agency. He wants to prove his worth. He wants to stay in Green Bay and prove to this team, I'm a guy that you need to keep around. What better way to do that than to, on the biggest stage, have a strong game and a strong running game? I just think that Green Bay's offense is too much for the Rams' defense to take out. And at the same time, I think Green Bay's defense is going to be able to keep that offense of the Los Angeles Rams in check because of the uncertainty of quarterback. Give me the uh, the Packers in this one, and they go to the NFC title game. Ravens and Bills will close up Saturday night. The Bills favored by two and a half to open the week, have dropped to two-point favorites, and they're facing a red-hot Ravens team that got some revenge last weekend after they beat the Tennessee Titans in their house. But it's the Ravens coming on the road to Buffalo, and anyone who remembers the era of the K-Gun with Machine Gun Jim Kelly and all those guys, it's hard to win in the playoffs in Buffalo. For that reason, I'm taking the Bills, but I am taking those two points. It's it's too close. Absolutely, it is too close, and I'm right there with you. I take the Bills, and I take the points as well. Look, over the last several weeks, I think the Bills may be playing as well as any team in the NFL right now. Solid offensive outputs. Josh Allen's playing at another level. They're getting great uh, output from their receivers. They're even running the ball effectively, which is not something that the Bills are designed to do. The loss of Zach Moss will hurt that a little bit. So you know the Ravens' defense is going to be trying to stack the box. They're going to be trying to force the, uh, the, the Buffalo Bills into running the football. They really want to shut off Josh Allen in that passing game. 
But at the same time, like you said, I don't like any team's chances of going into Buffalo and beating them in the playoffs. It's a very, very tough place to win. I like the Buffalo Bills in this one, but again, this one's going to be razor thin because Baltimore's playing at a really high level right now. That they are. Just remember, folks, 1990, the Miami Dolphins were favored going into Buffalo, and then Buffalo outshot them 44-34 to in the divisional round, and then they absolutely murdered the Raiders 51-3 to on their way to their first of four consecutive Super Bowl appearances. To Sunday's game, it's the Browns and the Chiefs. 3:05 is the kickoff. This is the game that has the potential for a ton of fireworks. If you'd have told me that it would be Baker May field and not Ben Roethlisberger going to the Chiefs house and taking on Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs kingdom. I'd have thought you were crazy, but after what I saw the Browns do at the end of the season and then repeat the process only this time in Pittsburgh, hey, Baker Mayfield has made a believer out of me, but he's going to run into a brick wall called Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by 10. Good. I'm taking the Chiefs And as crazy as this is, this is going to be a high-scoring game. I expect both teams to get in the 30s, but after what happened last year against the Texans in the divisional round, there's no way I'm counting uh, Patrick Mahomes out. Give me the Chiefs, and I'm laying all 10 points. Yeah, give me the Chiefs, and I'm laying 10 points as well. We're like-minded this morning, but you know what? I agree with you. Look, the Browns have been a feel-good story all season long, and there's no taking away what they've done. They've had a tremendous season and really injected life back into that fan base, one of the more endearing fan bases in the NFL. I'm happy for Cleveland, and I'm really happy for the season that they had. But when you look at what this Chiefs team can do, they're well-rested. They're simply the better team on both sides of the ball. Mahomes, I believe, will outplay Baker Mayfield. And I expect the Chiefs to get at least one big play on special teams in this one as well. Look, if the Browns want to have any chance, they need to slow things down. They need to shorten this game. They need to limit the possessions that Kansas City is going to have. But even then, I still don't like their ability to keep Kansas City completely off the board. Patrick Mahomes and that offense always seems to find a way. Give me the Chiefs in this one, and yeah, I think they cover. I think they cover also, especially, <clears throat> like I said, given what happened last year against the Texans. Texans up 24 nothing, and then the Chiefs wound up beating them by almost 30. Man, please, I'm not doubting the Chiefs at home. Like I said, I'm taking the Chiefs, and I'm laying all 10 points. Now to the game of the weekend. The Buccaneers at the Saints in New Orleans. Man, if only 70,000 people could be there. Saints are a three-point favorite at home. If there's any game this weekend that could be designed as a trap game, this is it because, as many have said to me over the course of the week, it's a tough thing to beat an opponent three times. It happened to my 49ers in 1990 when the Giants got us at Candlestick Park, beating us with only field goals. But a question comes to mind about this game, and I've asked this question all season. Where is the consistency in the Buccaneers running game? If you want to point to one run against Carolina by Ronald Jones, that 98-yard special, then that's fine. Where has it been all season? The wild card in this game is going to be Alvin Kamara. He's going to have a lot to say, and it may be tough to beat an opponent three times, but in taking the three points, I say this happens. I'll take the three points, and I'm calling for New Orleans to get the straight-up win. And I'm going to go the opposite way on this one. We disagree for the first time this morning, and you know the reason why I'm yes, doing it. Yes. It's because I do not, I will not ever count 
Thomas Edwards Patrick Brady Jr. out of a game until the ball is pried from his cold, retired hands. <laughs> look, bottom line, I've seen Tom Brady do this one too many times. But look, there are other reasons why as well. I think the Buccaneers are peaking at the right time. The Saints are slowing a little bit as the season wears on. And look, you know, bottom line is I think this offense is playing at the highest level that they've played at this season. I agree with you on the running game. If there is a way to neutralize Tampa Bay, that's definitely it. Ronald Jones obviously is going to be out of his game. And then we take a look at that. Leonard Fournette stepping in might not be enough to be able to carry the load in the running game. So if that is the case, what you want to do is you want to force the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to run the football. If that's the case, and you shut off Tom Brady's valves all over the field, right. all of a sudden New Orleans defense is kicking, and all of a sudden they have a chance. You're right. Alvin Kamara could be an X factor in this game. Mm-hmm. If the New Orleans Saints have any success against this Tampa Bay defense, and look, this Tampa Bay defense is Jekyll and Hyde, they've been great at times. They've looked like a championship-caliber defense at times. Other times they've looked like an also-ran, Brian. They've looked like we could score on them with very little <laughs> resistance. So at this point, it's a little bit difficult for me to say that Tampa Bay is going to win this going away. I don't think they will. I think the same thing right there with them. Mm-hmm. This has the potential to be a tremendous game in New Orleans this weekend. But at the end of the day, it's still tough for me to pick against Tom Brady in a, in a game where he absolutely has to win. I think he finds a way to do it, but it's going to be razor thin. If Tampa Bay takes this, it's going to be no more than a field goal. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised because I've seen Tom Brady do it for 21 years. You know, I, I have fun picking against him. But look, folks, you all know how I am. The facts come with me whenever I do whenever I'm on air. And yeah, Tom Brady has done it for a long time. So has Drew Brees. OK, first time I saw Absolutely. Drew Brees in a conference championship game, 2006. Their opponent, ha-ha, the Chicago Bears. And Breeze still lit up the Bears for 300 yards on um, uh, a passing passing offense. This should be the NFC Championship game and not a divisional round game. But then again, Aaron Rodgers will have something to say about that. That's the only pick where we differ. How do you guys? How are you guys looking on your picks? Tweet the show at official SIT Mourn. Always a pleasure to have my brother Michael Debate on with me. Check him out at Locked On Patriots. Also, FPC Radio Live. Full press cover. A proud uh, carrier of this nationally syndicated program. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. And I will talk to you next weekend for the conference championships. Absolutely. Oh, looking forward to it as always. Thank you for the platform. Thank you for always having me on in your hospitality. Have a great weekend. And you know what, brother? It's amazing that next week we're going to be picking the conference championship. It Where is. does the season go? Time really flies. Man. It, it really <laughs> does. It really does fly. Thank you, brother. Appreciate the time. Absolutely, you as well. Take care, buddy. I can't, I, I can't imagine the Buccaneers and the Saints, the final game of the weekend, not being razor thin. It could go either way. I know, I know that this is Tom Brady, this is Drew Brees, but I still feel that the running game is going to be the kryptonite for Tampa Bay. If they're able to run the ball, then we're going to have a different result. And speaking of results, my time is up for the week. I hope you all enjoyed it as I enjoy bringing it to you. Don't forget, for those of you listening on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, got a basketball game for you tonight as the Reagan Raiders take on the East Forsyth Eagles. We'll be on at 6.50 Eastern time with the pregame with the tip at 7. That'll do it. Have a great weekend. God bless. Remember to make your next move your best move. And always remember, if your dreams don't scare you, then they are not big enough. Dream big. Do bigger. I am, and I hope you all are, too. And I added a few things throughout the course of the week. I'm going to add a few more. Pick up the podcast one hour after this broadcast is done. Until Monday, 
Snowman's out of here. I love you. Red Plus. Okay, folks. Hide the women and children. Errol Marks has joined me, and of course he joins me on a Friday. So let's have some fun. Errol, how are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Okay. Let's Oh, here I am. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh <laughs> See, what an introduction. This is, this is why we have him on Fridays because this is cut up Friday for me. But let's get down to business. We're going to talk division around in just a moment, but Urban Meyer and Jacksonville, your immediate thoughts. You know, here in New York, a lot of people were talking about uh, if the Jets had the number one pick, they would have had a chance for Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. I think Urban Meyer is a great college coach. He's never coached in the NFL. It's a completely different game. Uh, the game is a lot faster in college. I mean, a lot faster in professional football. Uh, I think Urban Meyer will be successful over there with Jacksonville for the first year because a lot of the young players that they have, uh, obviously, know the college game. He's going to bring uh, a really good defensive mind. Uh, we, we all know that what Urban Meyer brings is a defensive-minded culture, a team culture. We've seen him do it in Ohio State. We saw him do it in Florida. I think this is a good move for Jacksonville. The only problem with this move is Urban Meyer has been known to flee after a certain amount of time. We yeah. saw him do it in Ohio State. He was there in Florida. He's had heart problems. He didn't want to coach anymore. All of a sudden, he gets a huge contract. I'm hearing it could be up to $12 million, and he comes back and coaches. So I think it's a good move for Jacksonville if he stays there for over five years. If he doesn't, I think it was a waste of time. Yeah, I think the same way. It's going to depend on the length of time that he sticks around in Jacksonville and if the team improves every year, if they get closer and closer to a goal that they want to set. Speaking of coaching positions, Defensive coordinator Robert Sala of the San Francisco 49ers has been a hot name. Does he get an offer this offseason? I think the Jets. I really do believe it's going to be the Jets. I know a lot of Jet fans were very upset that the Jets let him leave after his second interview. He had a Zoom conversation with Joe Douglas about a week ago, mm-hmm. and then the Jets called him in first to have that second conference conference and and. You know, and, and, and reaction with the Johnson family, and, and they both got the chance to meet him. Um, I think Robert Sala is the next head coach for the New York Jets. I think the Jets are holding back. You heard what Joe Douglas is going to do. He's going to make sure that he interviews every single coach because this is going to be a big part of the Jets moving forward. If Joe Douglas wants to have a future with the New York Jets, he has to make sure that this guy is going to be the right match for the New York Jets for the next six to seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we talked about it. Length of time as a coach. We just talked about it a moment ago. Length of time as a coach. How about Eric, Eric Bieniemy? Does he get an offer somewhere this offseason? Absolutely. He, he's absolutely going to get a job. I, I, I did think that Eric Bieniemy was the guy that the Jets are going to bring in. And it's still possible like, because Eric Bieniemy is still playing in the playoffs and the Jets are holding back on signing the coach because they still want to uh, interview the offensive coordinator for Buffalo and they obviously want to interview uh, Kansas City's offensive coordinator. So they're going to slowly but surely take their time on who they're going to decide who their guy is. But Eric Bieniemy is a hot ticket. I think the Jets are very interested in him. I think Philadelphia will be very interested in Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. I think San Diego is, I mean, I call him San Diego, <laughs> but 
The Los Angeles Chargers I, are the best fit in my eyes for Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and I and I understand why with all the reasons, especially a guy named Justin Herbert. And don't worry, you're not the only one that still says San Diego Chargers. It's what I grew up on, and it's what <laughs> I continue to say also. They're the San Diego Chargers, folks. Don't get me started with them or the lack of the Seattle Supersonics. I'll touch on that later. <laughs> Let's get down to business. Divisional round for each game. I'm going to have my picks later with Mike DeBate, but I want to get Errol's picks on this one. I'll include the spread as well, the presented by Action247.eu. Let's start in Green Bay. It's the Packers and the Rams, and we understand Jared Goff will start at the Packers in Lambeau Field. The Packers are favored by seven. Take it away, Errol. I think the game is going to be very, very close. Obviously, Green Bay, being that they're in Green Bay, it's going to be very, very cold. Uh, it could it could snow on uh, Saturday. So it's a Saturday game, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, it, it is. is a Saturday game. It so is. It's supposed to snow on Sunday. So I don't know if it's going to snow on Saturday, but I think it's going to be very, very cold. So it bowls very, very well for Green Bay. You know, it's it's such a good question when, when, you, when you think about Aaron Rodgers and what Aaron Rodgers can do on the field and how special he is uh, in the pocket. The problem is, is the Rams. If, if Aaron Donald uh, plays in this game, obviously he got hurt in the third quarter uh, last week. If he plays in this game and if he's almost 100% healthy, he's going to cause a lot of havoc in the middle of the pocket. He's going to be able to push the pocket back. I think the Rams are going to be in this game because of the defense. And you saw what they did against Seattle last week. Right. I picked the Rams last week if Goff was going to actually play. He did come back. I kind of changed my pick because I wasn't sure if Goff was going to play in the game, but he came back, and I, I wasn't surprised that they won. I right. got Green Bay in this game because Aaron Rodgers. I like, Devo- I like Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams is going to cause a lot of havoc on the outside. I don't know who is going to be able to stop him. And I know everybody keeps saying Jalen Ramsey, and Jalen Ramsey, he's one of the best corners in the league. There's no question. Devontae Adams is a completely different player than the beast that he played last week, okay? Mm-hmm. He's a completely different player. Now, I like D.K. Metcalf, and D.K. Metcalf played very well against Jalen Ramsey last week. This guy, Devontae Adams, to me, is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. I'm going to tell I'll you this. I believe he is the best. I think he's the best wide receiver in the league. So I, I think Devontae Adams is going to cause problems. And the question is, what is the, uh, the Rams' most important position to stop? And that's the running back position. And they have had problems all season long on stopping the run. And guess who they have? Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. Aaron Jones is going to run all over the Rams. All right. And your pick is? I got Green Bay in this game. I got got Green Bay in this game. Are you taking or leaving the points or laying the points? I'm laying the points. All right. All right, Packers minus seven, Arrows laying the points. Let's go to Buffalo, Ravens and Bills at 8-15. Bills minus two at home versus the Baltimore Ravens. Arrow, your thoughts? I got the Baltimore Ravens in this game. I think Baltimore proved last week why they're one of the best defensive teams when healthy in the league. I thought, to me, they were far and along the most talented team in the NFL before the season started. With all the injuries, the COVID-19 situation, Lamar Jackson really couldn't uh, find his way until later in the season. I don't know if Lamar Jackson is a franchise quarterback, but this team is so stacked offensively, defensively. This is one of the most underrated offensive lines in the league. This is one of the most underrated 
defensive lines in the league, and with all the ability that they have inside and out, and Humphreys the way he is as a corner, I think they're going to be able to shut down Josh Allen in that deep, that offense. I, I think Buffalo's defense is going to be very, very good, and being that they're at home, uh, there there is an advantage there. But all in all, I think Baltimore is the better team. Uh, the better team. I, I have Baltimore in this game. I think it's going to be very, very close. I, I think Baltimore wins by a field goal. That's all right. What I think. He's taking Baltimore for the straight-up win on the road at Buffalo. Now, the early game on Sunday, Browns and Chiefs. And I have an extra pick for this game. I'll explain in a moment. Chiefs favored by 10 at Arrowhead Stadium. Take it away. <laughs> oh, my God. This could be uh, an upset. This game could be a very much an upset because of the defensive line of the Browns. I think the Browns could cause a lot of havoc. Uh, they can cause a lot of problems for somebody like uh, Mahomes, who is uh, a deadly player when he moves to his right side. When mm-hmm. he goes to his left side, he has problems. Yeah. And I think they're going to force him to run to his left. And if they do, they're going to be able to keep him out of the pocket. Mahomes' strength is moving outside of the pocket and throw with his right side. If they can move him to the left side, they're going to cause havoc. He's not going to be able to throw the ball. I think that the, the I do believe Kansas City will win this game. I I do believe the Browns will have an early lead in this game. As a matter of fact, I think they could be up fourteen to nothing early in the game. But I think Mahomes and that talented offense is going to be able to uh, in the second half take over. And and they have a great running game. You have Edwards. They have uh, obviously we all know Le'Veon Bell is there. They're going to be able to run against the uh, Miles Garrett defense of the Browns because we saw what the Jets could do against that defense yeah, yeah. Uh, running the ball. So I, I I do believe Kansas City will be able to run. So I have Kansas City, Kansas City by seven in this game. Um, but I think it will be very, very close early in the game. And I think uh, a long way as the game starts to prevail and, and starts to progress, I, I do believe Kansas City is the better team. All right. So Errol says Chiefs by Seven. If you follow official SIT Mourn, you'll see the post with myself and with Mike DeBain and with Errol. We'll show you all of our picks, and we want you to pick against us and see how you do. Now to the feature game on Sunday night from the Superdome in New Orleans, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. It's the Buccaneers and the Saints. The Saints getting minus two in the Superdome. Oh, the Saints are going to win this game. I I know Tom Brady has never lost three consecutive games against one team in a season. But why not do it against the great Drew Brees? I think this is the last year for Drew Brees. I think he's going to retire. He has a contract with Channel uh, 8. I think it's NBC uh, to do Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he's going to be a fantastic analyst uh, as, as well as he has as a quarterback. I think Drew Brees is going to be able to throw the ball against this team. I don't like their secondary. The Buccaneers, all season long, they have a very good defense. Todd Balls, uh, he's really fixed the DBs and that secondary. But uh, with a high-flying offense as well as this, and, and really the defense, the front seven of the uh, of the Saints, I think they're so underrated. The Saints' defense is so underrated. Um, I think they're as, as good a defense as any team in the league. I think they're going to be able to shut down Tom Brady, they're going to cause havoc in the pocket. Tom Brady's not going to be able to move inside and out of the pocket because we know he can't run. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I've got the Saints in this game. I think the Saints will win this game. I, I, I could see the Saints winning by 10 in this game. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to reveal one of my picks right now, I and mean, I'm going to recap it when I have Mike on uh, later on to close the show. I, I think the Saints win running away. 
because the the point that I have always made about Tampa Bay this year is where is their running game? Where is their consistent running game that could match Tom Brady's production and get them down the field? They only had one good run, one long run. I beg your pardon. That was the 98-yarder by Ronald Jones. But when you have uh, a couple running backs – in Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, and they don't know what assignments they have in the backfield. That's something I've noticed all year long, and that's something that is going to allow the New Orleans Saints defense to come after Brady and tattoo him. They've done it twice. Both games were won by double digits. This one's going to be another one. So there you go. One of my early picks. I'm picking the Saints over the this. Buccaneers. Who are the bucket? How are the Buccaneers going to stop Taysom Hill? He could, they couldn't stop him in the first game. Right. They couldn't stop him in the second game. And now they have Drew Brees. So I don't know how they're going to stop Taysom Hill, uh, especially under center, if you can use him in the, the Wildcat and what they do. And, and they're the best at doing it with Taysom Yeah, Hill. they are. They, they, they really are. And not only Taysom Hill, the other wild card for me is Alvin Kamara. What are they going to do about what are they going to do about a healthy Alvin Kamara who hung six touchdowns on the Minnesota Vikings on Christmas night? All right, that's the team the Buccaneers have to see. That's the team the Buccaneers have to beat. And unfortunately for the Buccaneers, they got to do it on the road. I mean, this ain't your Warren Sapp-led Buccaneers defense. This is We're talking about Drew Brees and the Saints that can pick you apart at any time, and even if they take a while to get going like they did last week against the Bears, once they get going, forget it. Absolutely agree. And remember, don't forget about Michael Thomas. Right. Do not forget about Michael Thomas. Absolutely. A healthy Michael Thomas, a healthy Alvin Kamara. The Buccaneers got problems on Sunday. I've said it all week, and y'all got one of my – early picks. Errol Marks joins me via the Beamer Tire and Auto Hotline. Check out the Worldwide Sports Radio Network with this man in charge. Fabulous shows and programming all across that network. And I'm going to have to call into his show just to pick at him for a couple of minutes. But it's always fun. Check out the network and check out the shows on it. Errol, always a pleasure, my Brian, friend. Brian, before I leave, what did you think about the Harden trade? I said everything I needed to say this morning. And I laughed at it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst trade in NBA thank you. history. Thank you. The thank worst you. Trade. I mean, uh, we got a got a couple minutes before break. Let's let's spend some time on this Harden trade. What the hell were the Nets thinking? I meant to lead in with this, but then the football notes came uh, came up here on my screen. But what you want? I I I don't get it. I don't get why they made that trade. <laughs> I, I think the Rockets. I think the Rockets made the best trade in, in NBA history. They've got Victor Oladipo. Mm -hmm. They've got a bunch of good bench players. They've got f four first-round draft picks, one unprotected pick from Milwaukee. Yep, from got Milwaukee. three of the Nets pick. And then you, ha you can flip-flop four or five picks in the future mm -hmm. with the Nets. I mean, how could you not like this trade for the Rockets? Cleveland uh, exactly. got, uh, got Jared Allen. I think that was a great move. Yep. And then... Uh, and you got Levert. I mean, you look at Indiana. Indiana got a better, younger Olin Depot. So yep. I, I think I think if you look at the big picture, all three of those teams won. And and by the way, a fat James Harden going to the Nets uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think this is going to work. It's and you not. have Kyrie Irving who's missing in action. Yep. And then you have Kevin Durant opening his big mouth. And now you have this guy forcing himself out to go and play with Kevin Durant. Durant. 
I, I just want to let somebody know, the wise guy's Clarence, all over social media, <laughs> all day, thinking that this was the trade of the year. I'm going to tell you this right now. This team cannot rebound. This nope. team has no depth. This nope. team has no size. And when your best big man on your team is 35, 36 years old, and his name is DeAndre Jordan, that is something <laughs> to be scared about. That's something to absolutely be scared about. I said earlier in the program, this is a deal that could send bro- send the Nets all the way back to New Jersey. This is horrible for the Nets. This is horrible. Okay? I, I mean, uh, one final point. Um, I, uh, Desmond, I know. Give me a moment. One final point. And I've said this all week, and I will continue to say it, and I correctly predicted that he would go to Brooklyn. The implosion has begun. It's going to implode. It's gonna implode, man! I'm, oh my god! I'm, I'm no. hopping on your, I'm hopping on your show, and I'm gonna say that very statement next week. We gotta go to break. Errol Marks joins me Absolutely. every single week. I love having you on, brother. I love you. Thanks for coming on. I love you too, man. Say hello to your wife. I will. Thank you, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh my goodness. You y'all really think this is going to work for the Nets? I've said it all day. Not a chance. Back after this.